Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. Here's a text to start it off. I'm 59 years old, and in all my years of listening to WTMJ, I don't think I've heard as many crashes as I did today. Well, I, I can't I can't say that because, um, you know, we, we've had some days where it's been absolute carnage on, on the roadways, and I don't know that today rises to that level. But nevertheless, slippery conditions out there. This morning was tough. The snow was slippery. The roads were slick. I think it's starting to get a little bit better. But, of course, the forecast is a couple more inches of snow for our area moving in tonight and then again another batch of that bitter cold. So winter is here. Bottom line of this is, you know, be careful because it is extremely slick outside and if you're like me recovering from a badly sprained foot you're really really sensitive to that because I'm not on crutches anymore but I'm kind of like hobbling around and last thing I want to do is go down in my driveway or some parking lot somewhere and be laid up for you know a month and a half so be careful out there whether you're driving or walking it is a little bit slick again the long-range forecast is Bitter cold coming in, but it tends to moderate by the end of next week. And hopefully we're back to normal or at least closer to normal. And we're getting closer to spring, so all that's good. Just be careful if you're out and about. All right. Now, there is good news on the on the COVID-19 front. And you, you can't underscore that. More and more people are starting to get vaccinated. There is still a problem, a shortage of supply, but more and more people are beginning to become vaccinated. Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, who many people consider is the the authoritative figure on this, he says that by April, he believes that it will be open season for vaccines, meaning that anybody who wants one will get them. So you don't have doesn't matter if you're 65 years old or 55 years old or what your occupation is, he thinks that they will get it. Uh, the president is talking about you know millions of more doses being available. The idea is hopefully by the summer or the early fall. Anybody who wants a vaccine will have been able to receive it. So that that's that's the good news that are out there. In many parts of the country, including Wisconsin, the, the COVID numbers are, in fact, going down a, as well. Um, the average the average COVID-19 cases dropped 68 percent in the last month. We're now at a point where we're, we're sort of back to the, the pre-surge uh, levels where we were like last late last summer before you had that huge spike. So all that all that is very good news. But there's no question that we're not like, like out of the woods as of of yet. And so you, you don't want to get uh, you know too far ahead of yourselves. Well, anyhow, this morning, President Biden was out and he was speaking um, to the National Institutes of Health. Actually, this was yesterday. And he was talking about the vaccine supplies and his goals for the rollout and things like that. And, you know, and again, it was sort of an upbeat message, but telling people, look, this is our our, our primary concern or issue. Here's what he said, though, that got a number of people's attention. His response was that even though they believe they're going to have enough vaccine by the end of the summer to inoculate 300 million people, he said that he believes that people will still be required to wear masks through next year. Now, by what I think he means by that is through at least for at least another year. 
uh, through 2021 and into some portion of 2022, he thinks wearing masks will be required. It will be necessary. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, obviously, and we've talked about this before, wearing masks is a source of of contention. There are some people who, during this whole thing, despite orders from the governor or requirements, uh, don't do it and, and haven't done it. So my question is this. As more and more people get vaccinated, and if, in fact, by this summer we do have 300 million people that have been vaccinated, are are people going to continue at least voluntarily to wear the masks? Will there be some point in time where people say, okay, we're we're, we're done with this, we're, we're taking off the masks? And if you have this mask requirement, you know, what does that say for things in, in the summer? Can you have a state fair if the requirement is everybody that goes to state fair has to wear the masks? Can you have a, a summer fest in September if everybody has to wear the masks? 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. President Biden saying that, that he thinks that we're probably going to be having to wear masks for at least the next year. My question is, will the American people put up with it? And maybe the other issue is, are we just going to be in masks for the rest of our lives? Is I, I was reading something the other day that was saying that the, the flu, the instances of flu, way down this year, which, which is a good thing, and people are attributing it to, number one, like a lot of the COVID precautions, including the fact that people are social distancing and they are, in fact, wearing masks. Will, will the American people agree to continue to wear masks for the next year? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, for one, am skeptical. I think that as more people get the vaccine and the numbers continue to drop, which I believe they are, it's going to be tougher and tougher to maintain mandatory mask rules. What do you think? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, so both Dr. Fauci and the president are saying we're going to have 300 million doses of the vaccine available, hopefully by the, the summer, and so you're going to be moving towards this mass immunity. At the same time, President Biden's also saying, I think that people are going to be wearing or required to wear masks for at least you know, through next year. Now, by that, I mean, I think he means uh, at least another year. My question is, as more and more people get vaccinated, do you think, regardless of, of what people tell us, regardless of, of what our leaders in Madison or our leaders in Washington say, will people continue to wear masks uh, essentially for, for another year? Should people be wearing masks forever? I mean, one of the things we're seeing, like I said a minute ago, is that the, the flu, the instances of flu is, is down dramatically this year. And I think part of it might be the, it's COVID protocols, including masks. Will, will wearing masks be now a normal part of American life? 855-616-1620. Let's start with John on the north side. Hi, John. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. What do you think? What, people, was, are people going to be wearing masks um, forever? Yeah, I'm- I, I'm going to wear it for at least another year. Now, I'm 69 years old. You know, I'm black. And, and you know, and uh, I just think that the CDC, I haven't caught nothing yet. And like I said, I got my first shot. I got another shot coming. But I'm going to seal with my mask for at least another, at least another year. So, you know, I ain't got a problem with a mask. 
You know, so, now tell me why. I'm not, so, I'm not, and, 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 well, I mean, tell me why. So you, you get your vaccine. So presumably you have immunity. Let's assume that works. Why do you think? You're, why are you thinking of it? It's fine. You get to do what you want to do. But why do you think you're going to wear a mask for at least another year? Well, at least another year because you know, I figured you know this is a hundred year thing. We haven't had nothing, you know. So I figured, hey, you know, it's not out of my way to keep a mask on and just stay six feet away. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not bothering me. I mean, I'm, I'm still doing what I need to do. I go to the gym every day, you know, but, you, right. you know, so uh, I'm, I'm doing great now, and I want to stay doing great. So another year, uh, it, it ain't going to bother me. Good enough. Thanks for the call, John. <clears throat> Thanks for, I appreciate you participating. And, and again, I'm, I'm just sort of curious as to this because th- th- right now, let's face it, there, there is a degree of COVID fatigue that, that is out there. And as we talk about, there, I think there's, there's a degree of fatigue with, with wearing masks. And, again, I, if you're a regular listeners program, you know that I, I, I wear a mask when I'm out in public. When I fly on an airplane, I, I wear the mask. And that, that's, that's, all, that's all well and, and good. I guess the question is going to become, if it's difficult, though, to enforce this now, how is it going to be? Is it even practical to do this if, let's say, by July, you, you do have 200 million Americans who have gotten vaccinated and are told that you can't get the disease anymore? Or is this going to be, is this just a new normal? I mean, keep in mind, you know, in Asia, for example, it's common for people who go out in public to wear masks. So you go to Las Vegas when you when there was a Las Vegas, a real Las Vegas to go to. That was one of the ways you could tell people who are from Asia. They're, they're walking around wearing masks. That's the normal. Will wearing masks be the new normal? Or once people get vaccinated, are they going to pull back? 855-616-1620. Um, let's talk to Matt in Milwaukee. Matt, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Good afternoon. Thanks a lot for taking my call here today. Thanks for calling. Um, what do you I, think? I just wanted to, yeah, definitely. Thanks. Yeah, um, well, I was just talking with a gas station attendant today um, about the about the issue a little bit, you know, and I know there are a lot of, from experience going to stores and so on, um, most people that are employees of all the stores that require masks, bars, restaurants, you name it, um, don't have the personality type or the interest in confronting people about it if they're not wearing a mask because they know they're going to get into a, a confrontation. If somebody's not wearing a mask in a store, chances mm-hmm. are they're going to defend their position um, big time, you know. So that's that's only going to go up, you know. There's going to be less interest in confrontation because the people that are not going to be wearing masks, there's going to be more of them, and they're going to be even more resistant to not wearing masks, especially when there's, you know, like you said, the COVID numbers mm-hmm. are going down and, you know, the vaccines are out and so on. And also, too, a lot of sheriffs in the different counties around the around the state, I don't think they're going to enforce that. I know that a little bit of that from firsthand experience, too. They're not even going to enforce it anyway, um, even if there was a rule. So, Well, well, thanks for the call, Matt. You know, I mean, well, there's no question that, that this, this continues, and, and we've, we've talked about this for, gosh, it seems like almost a year now, that this becomes a, a huge controversy. And, and you're, you're right, there's some areas that vigorously enforce this, and there's others that, that, that don't. At some point in time, I think there, there is a tipping point with the general population where, I mean, right now the justification is we're in an emergency situation. We're at the height of a, a pandemic, and, and that's the justification. And, again, whether or not Tony Evers, for example, in Wisconsin, has the legal authority to keep imposing the mask rules or whether it's it's just the right thing to do, it does seem to me that it's time. I was kind of surprised by the president's remarks because it's everything you can do right now to get people 
or at least a chunk of people, to voluntarily wear, wear their masks where we don't have widespread vaccinations as of yet. It's just starting. It does seem to me that as time goes on and as you do get 100 million people or 200 million people or 300 million people vaccinated and you get closer to that herd mentality, it seems to me it's going to be more and more difficult to say to people, you know, we expect you to wear a mask. Now, there are some things that you can do and you, you can impose a rule that if you're going to fly on an airplane, you, you have to wear a mask. I mean, I, you can put those rules that are into effect. I do seriously wonder whether the, these mask rules that we have, whether they're ever going to go away. Because, again, you can come up with all sorts of public health justifications for it. And I, I wonder if at, at some point in time it's going to be, well, we've got the flu season that's coming up. And, you know, we looked at the flu season 2020 to 2021, and it was down dramatically. And we believe part of that was because people were wearing masks. So maybe what we need to do is extend this permanently. I, I'm not advocating that, and I'm not saying that people would put up with that. But it's it's very clear that I think these mask rules, at least, are going to be with us for quite a while. James in Milwaukee. James, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. I think I think it's going to be a lot longer than that, and I think that uh, us uh, going to like Summerfest or State Fair or any of the other festivals and stuff like that, uh, being down, you know, twenty five, you know, down to twenty five percent or even less than that, or even uh, attending stuff back to normal, as you call it, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, people are going to get frustrated. We're all getting frustrated right now, uh, whether you're getting the shots or not. And I think it's. I, I think uh, that uh, it's it's getting under our skin in that, okay, maybe we're going to have to wear them on that. But, but you see a lot of people, like you said, like your last caller said, the conflicts and everything else, I think you're going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be such a blowback and everything else. I, I think that it's just going to be the yeah. way it is, uh, and kind of what other different types of flus and stuff like that coming around from all different areas and stuff like that. The rest of the world, we could control us here in the United States, but can we control the rest of the world? Well, it, it's an interesting point, James, and I, I just bring this up now for the purpose of the conversation because I, I think President Biden is laying the groundwork for, hey, and, and thanks for the call, James, uh, is laying the groundwork for, hey, get Get ready for this because I I think you're going to be seeing these mask rules in place for a long, long time. Now, my point is there is going to be a certain point where I think you're going to get some I think you're going to get blowback, and I think people, I mean, already there's blowback to mask rules, but I think most of us recognize that it, it can't hurt. Now, maybe people can argue about how much it helps, but I think most of us figure it can't hurt at the same time though you do get to a situation where once you start getting closer to that that herd immunity that they keep talking about and people say i've got my shots i i'm protected from this at some point in time i think that they're going to start saying look we're we're, we want to get back to normal and if the idea is we're going to have rules in place making people wear masks for another year i think that's going to be a tough sell back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This is another one of these stories that that really raises the question are, are people really offended by this or are people pretending to be offended by this because they they think they, they should be? Valparaiso. Small school in Valparaiso, Indiana. It is, it's, um, it's, 
it's a religious school to an extent. It, it's it's a Lutheran school, um, thir- about three thousand students. Matter of fact, one of my former producers, Crowbar, was a graduate of Valparaiso, a uh, big Valparaiso fan. I, I knew a couple other people that went there as well. Okay, Valparaiso, its team mascot since 1942. So you know, you do the math. You're looking at about 80 years. They have been the Crusaders, just like Marquette is the Golden Eagles formerly the Warriors, Wisconsin is the Badgers, Valparaiso has been the Crusaders. Valparaiso announced yesterday that they were dropping the Crusader nickname. They've decided that after about 80 years, they can no longer do this. And they've decided that the reason they're doing this is because um, they believe that the, the nickname Crusaders, with its connection to the Crusades, which were a series of religious wars between Muslims, Jews, and non-Christians, because of the connection to the Crusades in the 11th and the 12th and the 13th century, as well as the fact that, oh, various hate groups in the United States over the last couple hundred years, for example, the Ku Klux Klan have talked about how they are going on a crusade, that that that, that language is no longer appropriate to use the Crusaders as a nickname or as a mascot. Now, the, the definition of Crusader, commonly speaking, there, there's two terms. One is it, it does refer to a fighter in the medieval Crusades. It also is used as a, a person who campaigns vigorously for political, social, or religious change. A campaigner, crusaders for early detection and treatment of mental illness, uh, a crusader against drunk driving, etc., etc. But that's not the interpretation they choose to use. It's like, oh, well, you know, you, you had you had a battle in the Holy Lands that went between like 1096 and 1271, and, and now. In 2021, we can't have that term anymore. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you think there's any significant number of people who are really legitimately offended by the term crusader? And by that I mean if you see on ESPN that the Valparaiso basketball team is playing, and hey, they're the Valparaiso Crusaders, do, do people really make that connection between, oh gosh, Crusaders. Now let me think, yes, there was the Crusades, and back in 1100, there were people from Europe that went to try to retake the Holy Land, and they got into ongoing battles with uh, Muslims and all that sort of stuff, and oh my gosh, you know, we, we should be all offended, because if we're using the term Crusader, we don't mean it like, gee, this was a crusade for you know social justice or whatever. We mean that this is obviously a reference to trying trying to, I don't know, purify the, the world uh, 900 years ago. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Valparaiso gets to do whatever they want. But is this a situation where people are legitimately offended by this? And here's one of our texters who makes the point that I was going to make just in a moment. Catholic Memorial's nickname is the Crusaders. Well, yeah, that's that's a question. I mean, because typically when you think of that, especially if it's schools that are associated and have some religious overtones, there are, in fact, crusades. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, is the crusade, the term crusaders, is it politically incorrect? Is it inappropriate? Is it legitimately offensive to people? Or is this 
Just again, the cancel culture rearing its ugly head in 2021. We discuss in just a moment. Our number, 855-616-1620. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're just tuning in, Valparaiso University, which is a small Lutheran school in, in Valparaiso, Indiana, since 1942, their nickname and mascot has been the Crusaders, the Valparaiso Crusaders. They have just announced that they are scrapping that nickname because, well, some people are offended by the term crusade and or crusaders. Is this political correctness run amok? 855-616-1620. And my answer would be yes, but Joe in Whitefish Bay. Joe, what do you think? Good afternoon. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Hi. I'm a Whitefish Bay, sorry, I'm a uh, Valparaiso grad, and okay. I'm, I'm not in favor of the change. Uh, I do think that the uh, social uh, concerns of society have pushed this too far. I understand 7,700 parents, students, alums have been surveyed about the name, and for some reason the, uh, the change is is being made, but the students in particular are the ones that I think are the, the prime drivers of this change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this: when, when, when you were there, Joe, did, did it ever occur to you that the these the mascot and the nickname Crusaders was going to be interpreted as being uh, offensive to to anyone or particular groups? Did did that ever occur to you or anybody else that you went to school with? No, nope. we were <laughs> yeah. we were comfortable with it. Yeah, no, right. Th- thanks, Nicole. I, I appreciate it. You know, the, to me, the, and I guess one of the reasons I'm talking about this is this the, this brings back that, that whole dialogue that we've had with the term warriors. And, and again, I, I understand. I, I'm, I'm a Marquette, Marquette grad. I, they were the Marquette warriors. They will always be the warriors to me. And of course, you know, Marquette, as a Jesuit institution, has been politically correct before there was even such a thing as political correctness. And they decided that, okay, we, you know, we, we, we've got to get rid of the, the, the term warriors back with Marquette, it, it used to have some Native American imagery. Oh, okay, fine. And so the response that most of us said is, okay, if people feel that it's offensive about that with the Native American imagery, here, there's all sorts of things that can be warriors. Just you know, get rid of the Native American imagery and, and let's let's find another replica for a, a warrior. Maybe, you know, even kind of uh, like borrow some of the imagery like Valparaiso uses for the Crusaders. But, of course, Marquette, with its obsession with political correctness, couldn't do that. No, we, we can't have the name Warriors because some people might still always associate that with the Native American imagery. I, I look at this the, the same sort of way. I mean, it's the idea of, okay, it, it's I understand the Crusades. I, I get it. But, you know, you've got to go back 900 years, and I don't think most people that are living now are making that connection. And I find it really, really hard to believe that anybody is seriously offended. Oh, they've got the nickname Crusaders. That is an insult to to Muslims or whatever, because the Crusades, when they were launched 900 years ago, you know, in, involved battles between, you know, Europeans and between Muslims over the Holy Land. 855-616-1620. Jeff, how about we just get rid of all nicknames and mascots then we won't have to talk about this anymore as long as we are at it take all the names of any person off the roads buildings etc um yes jeff um 
love listening to you every day. Thank you. My comment on this cancel culture is it's going to get to the point where they'll go after Thomas Jefferson and George Washington on Mount Rushmore, guaranteed. Well, we're already going after Thomas Jefferson and George Washington in California, in San Francisco. All those names are coming off of schools. You can't name them this. Uh, Jeff, this political correctness, nuttiness is getting nuttiness is getting worse with no end in sight. Jeff, I think the Valpo name change is a gimmick. They're just doing this for publicity. Well, that that could be. Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, visit the Wisconsin Lutheran High School Crusaders. Well, you wonder you wonder how long. You wonder how long it's going to be the Crusaders. Jeff, the perpetually offended are bored and keep looking for things. I don't believe anyone is really offended by the term Crusaders. Yeah, but see that that's the point that I raise in this. Is anybody really seriously offended by this? I mean, or is it just okay, this is the latest thing we're going to come up with. You know, out at University of Wisconsin at Madison, you know, you, you've got a group of students who are trying to get the Abraham Lincoln Monument removed from where it sits on, on Bascom Hall. And that's my question. Do, do, are people really offended by that? Or is this just the latest thing that we're trying to do because, well, we're college kids and we've got too much time on their hands? Jeff, the people out there that are currently trying to cancel everything are people who have no purpose in life and feel rather unimportant. Um, People, many people work hard, do good deeds, or simply enjoy their life. On the other hand, these people are out there trying to find purpose in their life by going against everything and everyone in history. Well, it is kind of that context. And I've been describing this for years, is the politically correct and the perpetually offended. The folks who wake up every day saying, okay, if I need to find somebody to knock this chip um off the, the shoulder, um, you know, Jeff, 50% of the people probably don't even know who was involved in the Crusades. They may know that it revolved around religion and leave the name as it is and stop trying to appease the few that it might, uh, might be offended. And I don't really know if anybody's legitimately offended. Jeff, you missed the point. It only takes one person to be offended in 2021 to change the world. Well, that's it. Here's a text. Jeff, I graduated from Valparaiso. It never dawned on me that the term crusader is an offensive term. My husband saw the ESPN article you're referring to last night and showed it to me. I can't believe my alma mater is one of the schools caught up in all this nonsense. Um, Let's see. Oh, no, Jeff. Wisconsin Lutheran High School is the Vikings. Maybe the Norwegians will become offended. Okay. I mean, and, and... and again, look, I, I understand you can go back and you can find words that tie into, you know, historical ties. And, and guess, right, okay, if we want to have the discussions, were, were the Crusades righteous or not righteous? Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll leave that to a medieval history course. But in 2021, when you hear the term crusader, I don't think you typically think of that indicating that you're launching a, a holy war uh, against Muslims. You think of it as, I don't know, people who are fighting for a cause, battling for an issue. Billy Graham used to do, you know, crusades. I don't know if his son still does these crusades. Can, can we no longer, does that word now have to come out of that? If you're on a crusade against drunken driving, can we no longer do that because people might be offended? Can I no longer say, hey, this person was a crusader for tax relief? Oh, no, don't say that because somebody's going to be offended by it. At some point in time, don't we need to just take a step back and say, look, we, we can't cancel 
everything. I mean, all right, we, we've, we've gone after Native American nicknames. I, I understand that that's the issue now. All right, so is this going to be the latest thing? You know, and if your school is the Crusader, watch it because the political correct police are coming for you. Back with more in just a couple of minutes. This is Jeff Wagner. To kind of wrap up on our discussion about the, the term Crusaders, and of course that that's that is a relatively common term that, that's out there. Wisconsin Lutheran College is the Crusaders. Catholic Memorial High School is the Crusaders. Martin Luther High School on South 76th Street, they are the Crusaders. Both my daughter graduate daughters graduated from there. Jeff, everybody needs to ignore these offended people and just simply hope they go away. Jeff, people need to get a backbone and realize there are things in life that not everyone agrees with. They need to just get over this. Jeff, what's next? PETA will go after teams with animal names, Panthers, Cardinals, Bengals, etc. Um, yeah, that, that's it. Um, Erica says, Jeff, I'm a Valpo student athlete alum. I graduated in 2014. Um, what people are dialing to discuss is that that picture of the Crusader was changed in 2011. Um, in 2011, the logo was changed from a white man with his arms up to a more gender-neutral crusader without any feature, face, facial features in an effort to be more inclusive. Well, yeah, they've changed the logo over time to deal with that, but this beef isn't it's not with the the logo it's not a question of you know how should we dress the mascot and do we need to be more gender neutral or whatever it's with the overall term we should now be offended by the term crusaders and we need to cancel that all right when we come back Bruce Springsteen finds himself in hot water. We will discuss whether Jeep overreacted. And, oh, yeah, what's going on? Oh, there's a thing in Washington, the the impeachment trial of the former president. Stick around. It's all coming up. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. I never thought I'd be saying this, but I think Bruce Springsteen is getting rogered big time, and I think the people who make decisions at Jeep are a bunch of cowards. Now, I I don't know if you've been following this story, but one of the more popular, candidly, the, the ad left me a little bit cold, but one of the more popular ads at the Super Bowl was the the Bruce Springsteen Jeep ad. And you will perhaps remember the ad. It was um, where Bruce Springsteen is driving through the driving through America looking for the quote-unquote middle and it generated a a ton of of buzz on this now there was an irony to this of course because you know Bruce Springsteen is is a very very liberal politician who peppers his shows at least over the last couple decades you know um, has has peppered his shows with his political stuff and all and it was kind of ironic that you would choose him to you know be driving through and talking about how we need to find the the middle of, of all this but it, it it's Springsteen. People love Springsteen, etc., etc., and a lot of people love the message. Jeep had apparently been trying to get Bruce Springsteen to do an ad for a long, long time, and he did the ad. It generated significant buzz. Um, this was certainly one of the most talked about commercials. All right, well, that commercial is not airing anymore. It's not airing anymore because Jeep immediately pulled it. 
Why did they pull it? Well, it's been revealed that apparently unknown to Jeep and unknown to a lot of people, last November, Springsteen got a, a ticket for driving while intoxicated. Now, the story behind this, to me, is is really, really interesting. Now, Bruce Springsteen, by the way, has a reputation, unlike a lot of rock stars that came up in the 70s and stuff, who've had all sorts of problems with drugs and alcohol and things, that's that's never been the, the rap for Bruce Springsteen. As, as a matter of fact, I think when you read the biographies and stuff, Springsteen has always been very, very aggressive with himself and his band members about, hey, we're, we're not going into this rock and roll pitfall. You know, we're not going to use drugs. We're, we're not going to drink. And they just don't have that reputation at all. Um, two band members have passed away, not through drug overdoses, just through natural causes. And the story is, it's not to say that there weren't occasional examples of drug use, but it really wasn't condoned. They were very, very aggressive. So this is this is a band, and you know Springsteen, it, the, the band, they play four hours a night, and you know he 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 has a reputation. You know they, they used to call him like Rambo because the guy's a big weightlifter and a health person. And I, I bring that up again, trying to put politics aside here because. It's not somebody that has there, there's there's no history of drug abuse. There's no history of drunken driving and stuff. If you look at Springsteen's record, no no record of arrests, nothing like that at all. So anyhow, the, the background of this is November 14th. He's in this this park, the state park that's about 15 miles from where he lives. And, and he's on his motorcycle. And he's flagged down by some fans. And he stops his motorcycle and he takes pictures with the fans. And one of the fans pulls out a, a bottle of Patron tequila and says, Bruce, have a shot with me. So he, he does. He has, he has a shot of tequila with some of the fans. And apparently there's like a park ranger that's, that's watching this. And then Springsteen, you know, has the shot of tequila, gets back on his bike, starts to pull away. Now, the park ranger clearly recognizes that this is Bruce Springsteen. And so he sees him take this shot, and then he pulls, he starts to pull away. The ranger then pulls him over and says, okay, alcohol is banned in the park. Well, okay, he, he didn't he didn't bring the alcohol into the park, but nonetheless, he had it there. The, the report then says, Springsteen smelled strongly of alcohol coming off his person and had had glassy eyes. Uh, Springsteen says, look, look I, I had a total of two shots over a period of 20 minutes. That, that's it. So the, they give him a ticket. They also apparently give him a, an alcohol test, and the blood alcohol content when he was arrested is 0.02. 0.02. Now, prima facie evidence of intoxicated driving in New Jersey and in Wisconsin is 0.08. So he's at 0.02. So he's he's not even close, not even close to, to drunk driving. But he, he gets the ticket anyways. I think probably because you had an overly aggressive park ranger and they know you've got Bruce Springsteen here. So they, they give him the ticket. Now, again, you, you could give him a citation for improperly having alcohol in in the park. And I guess even though it wasn't his, you, you could get him for that, I guess. But they, they take it in for drunk driving. And that, that case is now pending. Again, his alcohol level was 0.02, which is what... 
probably any of us would have if we went out and we had one drink and then got into our, our cars. But he, he gets he gets the ticket, so it's it's he gets the citation. It it's pending against him. It becomes public after this ad airs that Springsteen was arrested for drunk driving, and Jeep immediately drops the ad. And the stories that I'm looking at is that, oh, this is just terrible. This is just sort of disastrous. It's embarrassing. It blew up in in his face. Um, it blew up in Jeep's face that they would put this guy on. Okay, our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's put Springsteen's politics out of this. I guess I look at this story, and I think, what the heck? I mean, again, Jeep can do whatever Jeep wants to do. And, and I understand how when you're a company, you don't want bad publicity, and if you associate yourself with this personality, and then the personality turns out to be something other than people thought, it, it can have some blowback. I mean, Tiger Woods, when all that stuff comes out about Tiger Woods, lots of companies drop them. You, you do have these instances where they do it. But in this particular case, especially once you hear the facts of this arrest, it's not like Bruce Springsteen is driving 150 miles an hour down the road and is hit and caused a car crash. He, he, he has, apparently, by all stretch of imagination, he's on a motorcycle. He has a shot of tequila at the request of some fans. He poses. His blood alcohol level is 0.02. He gets a citation. I'm arguing it's from an overly aggressive park ranger who knows he's got this celebrity on the hook. But regardless, did Jeep do the the right thing in dropping the commercial and in just kind of going back and we're, we're, we're going to hide on this because how dare we stand up with Bruce Springsteen. 855-616-1620. To me, the appropriate thing would be to wait to find out all the facts of this. And the more facts that emerge on it, the more doesn't strike me that this is something that would, if you would continue to run this ad and use Bruce Springsteen as your spokesperson, it doesn't mean it's going to reflect poorly on the company. Matter of fact, what I think reflects poorly on the company is bailing in a situation like this where the question, where it's very, very questionable about whether or not he even deserved the citation in the first place. And believe me, it pains me a little bit to defend Bruce Springsteen. I'm a huge fan of his music. I'm not a fan of his politics. But it really sounds to me like this guy is getting rogered in connection with this case. 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, I guess Jeep can make the decision to pull the ad, but what about people meeting in the middle? Sounds like their powerful message was nothing more than hot air. Not even the boss can get a break. Jeff, I think they used Bruce as an excuse to pull the ad, really, because they forgot the Upper Peninsula in the map of the USA. Jeff, I was about to look for a Jeep this weekend, but I'll look elsewhere. Shame on them for jumping to this decision. Well, see, that... That, that's the thing about this, and I guess what, what troubles me is that this can happen to anybody. And I mean, because I remember seeing these screaming headlines, Bruce Springsteen arrested for drunk driving. And, and you, you hear this and you think, okay, here's this another out-of-control rock star. And what really registered to me, like I was saying a couple minutes ago, is how out of character that this was because, I mean, look, anybody can get nailed for drunk driving. I, I, I understand all that, but that's, 
this is not what Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Band have been about historically. So that's why I was really curious about what's, what's, what's going on here. And then you find the facts, and the guy, he, he's in the park. Some fans track him down, and instead of making an obscene gesture at him and driving off, he sits, he talks to him. Here, have a shot with us, Bruce. We do. And you've got, you know, the Barney Fife Park Ranger who sees this, recognizes it's Bruce Springsteen, and decides, okay, we're, we're going to end up writing him up. And my evidence of that is when they do the blood alcohol content, it's 0.02. Now, if this was, you know, 1.2, okay, that, that's a whole different story, or, or 0.12 or, or whatever, but it's 0.02, which tells me that, yes, he shouldn't have had the shot of tequila, and if you want to give him a citation for alcohol in the park, that's fine, but this seems to me to be um, something, you know, way, way, way out of control with regard to how this is. Jeff, tell the ranger to go find Yogi and, and Boo Boo. Um, Jeff, this is another example how sometimes the left eats his own. Jeff, do you think the reason the Springsteen Jeep ad left you cold could have anything to do with him being liberal? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm happy you aren't attacking him. Absolutely. I, I just thought it was ironic that Bruce Springsteen is the guy talking about how we need to meet in the middle after a lot of his heated rhetoric over the last years and years. 855-616-1620. Gianni in Montello. You're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Cold day today. Let's hope it warms up next week. Hey, listen, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of Springsteen's music, but I, 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 I you know, I, I probably like his politics. But listen, what we have here is failure to think. Um, what, wait, the, 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 is, is this a New Jersey state, uh, you know, is it a New Jersey state park or something like that? It's a fe- it's, I think it's actually um, a federal park. So it's, it's like a federal oh, park federal ranger, park. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, ob- ob- obviously this guy's got a beef against Springsteen for whatever reason, probably his politics. Um, I, I say, I, I say either you, uh, you know, you fire him or put him on, um, unpaid leave for a while until you investigate what the hell is going on? But but you know, come on. Uh, uh, this what, what is he going to do next? When it's uh, you know point oh one or something like that? I mean, well, this, well, this John, is I mean thanks for calling. Call. Well, I guess look. I mean, look. Okay, so you give the guy the ticket, okay, and 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 that'll all sort out. And again, I look at this again. His blood alcohol content was zero point zero two, which tells me he could not have been intoxicated. Here's a text saying, Jeff, I I would blow a point zero two after kissing my grandmother. Um, but but yeah, that that's the whole thing. But I guess the the bigger reaction is the fact that okay, we we've got to rush to drop this ad because oh my gosh, the fact that you know, he had this citation that was out there. A number of people are saying, why did it take three months to come out? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know, presumably because a lot of people realize it probably wasn't a big deal. If he'd been, you know, cruising down the New Jersey Turnpike, you know, uh, again, driving 95 miles an hour, weaving in and out of traffic, blind drunk, it would be a different story on this. And again, I, you know, Jeep gets to do whatever Jeep wants to do. I mean, it's their business. But after trying to get Springsteen for years and years to bail on him this quickly strikes me as being bizarre. And it also strikes me as being unnecessary because for the vast majority of people, are, are you not going to be a Bruce Springsteen fan because, oh, you know, he had a shot of tequila with some friends of him, with some fans. He, he stopped and posed for this. And again, I, this is, 
look, I, Springsteen can take his politics, and, and again, I, I, I understand that, that whole issue. But to me, it's this, this refusal to you know, stand by people, this rush to judgment. And, and then, again, I'm looking at a story in the Wall Street Journal talking about, oh, this is the dangers that you know, companies have when they associate themselves with celebrities. Well, yes, there, there is a danger to, to that. And, yeah, you get behind some celebrities, and then you, know, you find out that they're not really who they thought they were, and it can have a blowback on the brand but in this case it really seems to me the jeep pulled you know you know took and hit that panic button way 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 before it was necessary back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner jeff wagner on wtmj well you know unlike bruce springsteen who i i, I think got, got caught up in this sort of rush to judgment and I take no pleasure in that. I, I am taking a little bit of pleasure in watching the mess that is at the, the New York Times with political correctness. If you haven't been following the story, what happened is there was a longtime science reporter for the, the New York Times who was fired recently. And the reason he was fired is apparently he was on a, a, a sponsored trip with a number of readers and families and things like that. And at one point in time, and the details are all still a little bit sketchy because they're trying to keep it under wraps, but at one point in time, apparently there's a conversation where a couple of the kids use the N-word in the conversation. And the, the reporter says... Don't say that. And then he repeats that word. He says, look, it's always, it's inappropriate to say the word, and then he says the word. Okay? So, and, and there's this conversation, well, why is it inappropriate? And, and that, he, he's not using it in a derogatory fashion. He's using it to say, don't say this. It is, is inappropriate, it's hurtful, and it's offended. Well, okay, some of the kids hear him repeat it, and apparently that then gets out there, and the New York Times decides they are going to sack him because he repeated, because he used that word. Regardless of, again, he's not directing it at anybody. He's trying to instruct people, it's offensive, don't say this, and in doing that, he says it. He gets fired. He gets fired, and of course, this has created this huge rift at the New York Times, which, by the way, over the years, including relatively recently, has printed that word in the paper on multiple occasions in quotation marks attributing it to various remarks. Well, the New York Times comes out, and it's the, the managing editor. Um, you know, they, they sent a, a note out saying that um, here, here's the deal. Context, when it comes to certain things, context doesn't matter. You know, we do not tolerate racist language regardless of intent. That's what they say. The intent doesn't make any difference. doesn't matter if you were trying to educate him that you're, you're still gone. And then, of course, the problem is they say, well, what about all the times the New York Times repeats that word? What do you mean intent doesn't matter? Of course intent matters. And now they're trying to walk it back a little. But the New York Times finds itself hopelessly tangled up in a political correctness web of their own making. I couldn't be happier. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, we've got a winner of our uh, final six-pack of cream puffs to give away. That really is a great idea. I think the cream puffs, they sell them through, uh, through the weekend. So if you're out and about, they're doing a great job of cranking them out. Check them out. It's, a, just a, it's another way to try to get some degree of normalcy in a year that is anything but normal. All right, mark the tape on this one. 
because I, I don't say this very often, but I, I agree with the governor on this particular issue, just this particular issue. And I, I want to try to make the case. The way it works right now is that um, there is there is a 5% sales tax that Wisconsin imposes that goes to the state. So there's a state sales tax of 5%. Almost all counties impose an additional sales tax of 0.5%. So that means the sales tax is 5.5% in most parts of the state, right? Lots of localities are talking about how they've been hamstrung with regard to their budgets, how they, they, they need, they want more revenue, but they're, they're really unable to do it. So they've been trying to wrestle with things to figure out how to do it. In order to go and increase the local sales tax, you need to get permission from the legislature to, to do that. And the legislature, for example, Milwaukee's been trying to do this for ages. Milwaukee says, we, we need more money. We need more money to put into cultural things. And we believe that the people would support this. But until they get a green light from the legislature to do this, they don't have the authority to go ask the voters you know, whether they'll do it or not. You've got to go to the legislature, the legislature's got to approve, and then you can have a referendum, and the voters in a particular community can decide whether or not they want to increase the local sales tax. Well, the governor is out today recommending increasing the sales tax up to 6.5% in some areas if it's approved by the voters. Under the governor's plan, counties could increase the sales tax by 0.5%, and municipalities with a population of more than that could do the same. Voters would have to approve this increase in, in a referendum. Okay, so our, our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I, 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 I'm all in favor of low taxes. And, and I'm against excessive government spending. And my, my analysis has been for a long, long time, before you raise taxes, you have to show that there's nowhere that you can cut. And I, I think a lot of times municipalities can't really, can't really pass that test. But given the fact that municipalities say they need more money, given the fact that municipalities are getting more creative in, in how they do that, with regard, somebody was just talking to me the other day about how, you know, yet, yes, they're keeping the property taxes flat, but they're increasing fees for all these different things. I think voters in a community, just like with the school referendum, I think voters in a community should have the ability to decide do we want to increase our taxes? Do, do we want to increase the sales tax because we're convinced that we, we need more money to put towards the zoo or, or whatever, that that's a worthwhile type of thing? Well, I think voters should be able to make that decision. And if they make that decision and the authorities decide to do it, well, there are, of course, consequences for that, including, you know, you can tax people out of their homes and people can choose to move and things of the like. But I think... To me, this is the ultimate local control, giving voters in a community the option to decide, you know, do I want to raise my taxes or not? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should it be up to the local voters as to whether they jack up their sales tax or not? The governor would give them a limited ability, municipalities, a limited ability to do that. And again, I'm not advocating 
that you, you jack up the, the tax, the sales tax. That's not my point. But if voters in a community collectively decide we need to generate more money for this or that or the other, shouldn't the public have the ability to do it if they want? My answer would be yes. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Boy, I hope I hope that's not true. Two of our listeners just have texted me on the passing of a prominent Milwaukee restaurateur, um, one of the, the owners of one of my very, very favorite restaurants in town. Um, I, I can't confirm it independently, so I'm not going to going to say it we, 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 we i haven't done it but we've over the years occasionally people do that and they say oh so and so passed away and it turns out that that's not true um but i hope that that's not true i haven't been able to independently confirm it um all right 855-616-1620 which is the acunate mortgage talk and text line you can mark the tape on this one I, i'm not a fan of tony evers i think he's wrong on most stuff but he's come out with a proposal which would say look if local if, if counties or municipalities want to increase their sales tax by uh, 0.5. He's okay with that as long as the voters in that community approve it. Right now, they're not allowed to do that unless the legislature signs off on it. This is not an endorsement of higher taxes. That's not what this is. But this is an endorsement of local control, saying if you've got people who live in Washington County who've decided, you know, we we have all these these needs for extra money and we would like to increase the the sales tax or or West Bend. If people in West Bend decide we want to do this and the authority that the people in West Bend and the uh, the village of Common Council wants to do it, well, you put it to the voters and the voters decide they want to do it. To me, that's the ultimate in local control. Pete in Waupon. Pete, you're on WTMJ. Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. Short-time listener, as I just retired a year ago as a 901 dispatcher, but I've also uh, been a, a alderman for the city of Wapan for 11 years. Um, we, uh, previous mayors, have tried to get our Dodge County Board to share their half-percent sales tax, which they've had over 20 years. They bring in at least roughly $5 million per year. And when they've uh, attempted this through the county board, they've gotten the cold shoulder and got nowhere. We just had a presentation the other night from the Fonlac County Board that's thinking of doing this. However, it's a great start, but it's only like 5% of what they're mm-hmm. willing to share, and they haven't determined how to do this, whether it's by valuation or population. Um, right. I'm for this, but my understanding is the governor's proposal is only for communities of 30,000 or more. Yes, right. That, and, that, that is right. That's correct. Yeah. It would only be the larger ones. Yep, you're right. And, and I think that's, I don't know why he has that in there. I mean, because I've been pushing this for years locally to do, um, but that's being described. But I also, I went one step further is to have a, a sunset clause on it, whether mm-hmm. it's yeah, 10 absolutely. years or whatever. Yeah, well, and Pete, I mean, all, thanks for the call. All those things make sense to me. I guess to me, it's just if a look and look. I, back when when we went through the fight about Act Ten, 
one of the things that I, I endorse. Now, I'm not sure if this is actually played out like people anticipate it would, but the whole idea with school referendum, you, if you can have a school, there's there's caps on, on what the schools can spend and, and how much they can raise the, the, the rates and how much money they can generate. But you can, you know, if, if you go to referendum and if people approve it, well, they'll do it. Now, the, the irony of this has been, Almost all referendums end up passing, and, and and I'm not sure that the people who devised the idea as part of Act 10 really, you know, anticipated that that would all be be part of the thing. But that's kind of the reality there. And I guess I look at that and say, okay, if a local community decides that they want to increase the uh, increase the money they're taking from the taxpayers for the for the schools or whatever it's a decision that the local community has made and what we should be doing is arguing on the merits whether or not that's a worthwhile expenditure and if a school board tries to ram something through well the voters can say no or if it turns out that it was unworkable spending well you vote out the members of the school board and if a common council does that or a mayor pushes for it well then, then you vote out that that mayor but at least you give the people the authority to say, you know what, our again, we'll use the example in Milwaukee County. We we need to have money dedicated to improve the zoo and improve the botanical gardens and all these things. And if the voters decide it's worth it, let, let them let them do it. Let's talk to Mike in Illinois. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I'm most of what Tony Evers does, I don't agree with, uh, but this one I agree with. I think it's a great idea. We have that in Illinois, um, the school district that I live in. Uh, we've, you know, voted on increasing our property taxes, uh, yes or no. Um, and it's, it's, it just brings it, brings it down to the local level. The people that are affected and the people that are going to be paying are making the decision. I think it's a great idea. Well, well, right, and and again, you can. It, it's not when you're saying that you think it's a great idea. You're not saying that you go along with every time they want to jack up the sales no. tax. You're just saying that hey, let I, let let them make the case. Absolutely. You're giving the power to the, the local municipality, the, the residents of that municipality. I mean, talk about power to the people. It doesn't get any better than that. No, I'm with you. Thanks for the call. And again, that, that's kind of how I look at this. Barry, who is calling us from St. Louis. Hi, Barry. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, down in St. Louis, we have a 10% sales tax, which Ooh. really hurts every Ooh. time you go to the store. Ooh. But Ooh. the trade-off yeah. is... The trade-off, we have free museums, we have free zoos, everything kind of on the county federal level is free for us. So right. I guess if you want people to vote on a sales tax hike as this, you have to give them a certain trade-off. I mean, what is the incentive to make them want to vote for an increase? Right. right. No, I, I, I agree with you completely. Now, see, here in Wisconsin, the state sales tax is 5%, and the municipalities, the, the general average is another, like, 0.5. So we're at 5.5%, where you're saying you're at 10%. Um, so, we're at 10%. But, but, but but here, but it, it's like you're saying though. You know, you we we pay for stuff. You know, you, there there's fees to get into all these things. There's a fee to get into the zoo. There's a fee for all this stuff. So there's always a trade off. But bottom line, I guess, is government gets you one way or the other, doesn't it? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I appreciate. It. Well, it, it's funny because somebody was. Um, I, I have a friend who's who's considering 
relocating, changing their residency to Florida. A lot of times people, particularly if they have a degree of wealth, once they retire, even if they don't completely leave Wisconsin, they figure out, okay, let me find a, a low-tax state or a no-tax state. Let's, let's, I mean, Florida doesn't have a state income tax. So the idea is here, we'll, we'll move to Florida, and that we'll, we'll save on all the, the, these taxes. We'll become Florida residents, which, which is true to an extent. You don't have the state income tax, but at the same time, um, they get you other ways. If you look at the cost of registering a car in Florida, it's it's staggering when you compare it to you know what the cost of registering a car here is in Wisconsin, and that's even with the increases that we've had. So the bottom line is, you know, what, one way or the other, government has to pay for itself, and government figures out a way to get into all our our pockets. I just think it's if if the people want to do it, they should have the right to do it. Okay, back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. And this is Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. You know, it's, and again, a number of people are telling, I'm I'm not trying to just tease this, but um, a number of people are confirming to me that a very prominent local restaurateur has passed away, but I just, I'm, I'm not finding that in public sort of sources, and I just I have no doubt that that has in fact happened. I just don't want to mention it on the radio again because we we had I there in a sort of different level. I remember years ago, um, John Jagler, who is running for state senate, state representative, uh, state assembly person for the longest time. You know, John was on our morning news, and there was a time. Year, this is years and years ago when Bob Hope, the famous actor, was still alive, and we, we started to kid John because. On two or three different occasions, he, he had reported that Bob Hope had passed away when Bob Hope hadn't passed away. And it's, I mean, the good news is he hadn't passed away, but the bad news is, okay, now you're, you're putting that, that out there. So I, I, I never cease whenever I see John to kind of tease him about that. I've always tried to say, now I, but before you announce, you know, passings, you want to make on in the public air, you want to make sure that you're absolutely right. So I'm, I'm trying to work on that right now. There, interesting story. And, and this is the, the internet age because one of the things I always mention is when you do something now, it's out there forever. So when you have one of these stories, for example, about you know, you, you talk about people who who get involved in the the sexting stuff, or they, you know, you always say you, they think, oh, this is a really good idea. I'm a 16 year old guy or girl, and I'm I'm going to send a naked picture of myself to somebody. Which, of course, you know, Wagner's rule of life number what is it number eight is that you know, and, unless you're a porn star, and maybe even then, it, it's never a good idea to take and distribute naked photos of yourself. But you always tell people once you do that, it, it's out there permanently, and people can always find that. Well, the same thing is true nowadays with the the access over the internet to published reports. Now, it used to be, for example, that in a let, let's say you do something. It gets put in the newspaper. Well, you, you can't there, – there wasn't a ready ability to access the newspaper. I mean, if you wanted to look at, at something that happened five years ago in a newspaper, what you'd have to do is go down to the local library, and you'd have to check out one of those giant bound volumes where they had the, the newspapers, and you'd have to physically look through it. That's not the case anymore. All you have to do is you do an Internet search, and you put in somebody's name, and if they're mentioned in a newspaper, chances are it's going to be public there. 
So what about that person that's done something really stupid as, as a young person, and now it's out there for people to see forever? Well, what some newspapers have started doing is they're apparently deleting, just scrubbing their old crime stories to remove the names of people. It's like, okay, we're going to pretend that this didn't exist. So we're going to go back and we're going to just look at all these crime stories that we ran 10 years ago that might be up on our website, and we're going to get rid of them because we don't want somebody to go and see somebody's name and find that they were accused of or convicted of something 10 or 15 years ago because we don't think that's fair. Now, I, I... I don't believe in sanitizing history like that, and I think that's a bad idea. But the bottom line, again, of all this this whole thing is that once you do something, you got to realize it's out there forever. Some newspapers are trying to kind of sanitize that, but a lot of people aren't. So easiest way to get a risk is don't do anything you're going to be embarrassed by. Okay, we'll talk impeachment in the first half of the 2 o'clock hour. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. All right. This may be the last time before all the the shouting is over that we have a chance to talk about the impeachment trial that is going on now. The Democratic House manuf- uh, House managers finished their presenta- presentation yesterday. President Trump's defense team is arguing now. Uh, they, they may conclude today, and there may be an opportunity for senators to ask questions. It is possible that the ultimate vote on whether or not President Trump will be convicted or not might come tonight, might come tomorrow, might come early next week. But it's going to be sooner rather than later. Everybody also acknowledges that in many respects this is an exercise in futility because uh, we, we know what the vote is going to be. All 50 Democrats are going to vote to convict. There will be a handful of Republicans, and I can't tell you if it's going to be six or seven. I set the over-under at, at eight. Uh, who will join that, but you need 67 votes. It's not going to be 67 votes because you already have, I think, 38 Republicans who are on the record saying that they're not going to vote to to impeach but for various reasons. So what, however happens, this, this is all a foregone conclusion, but it doesn't mean that the arguments haven't been interesting, and it doesn't mean that there, there might not be ramifications one way or the other. I'm the guy that from the beginning has been saying that I, I think instead of going the impeachment route for a president who's no longer in office, an impeachment route that is doomed to fail, they would have been much better off in implementing a, a censure resolution and doing that. But it, people say, well, the censure resolution doesn't do anything, to which I say, well, it, at least it, it's it's something that's on the record as opposed to a, a story about how the president, the former president's been now acquitted twice in the impeachment hearings. But one of the, there's really been two arguments that have been broken down and, and, and made about why the, the impeachment is important. The first argument is, you, even though Trump is no longer in office, you need to hold him accountable for what happened at the Capitol. And that's where a lot of the arguments have been focused. It's like, all right, it, were, were his remarks, is he really responsible if, if somebody 
goes out and interprets what he says, go out and fight like hell, and, and they use that as a basis for, for storming the Capitol. And we've talked about that aspect of it. How, how, far, how far do you go? If Maxine Waters says, go harass anybody that's a Trump supporter or works for the Trump administration, and then people do, is she responsible for it? So you, you've got that argument. How far do you go to hold accountability? There's another argument that, that's not getting quite as much attention, and that's what I want to talk about in this segment of the program. I, I heard a couple of the impeachment managers who were arguing that President Trump, Donald Trump, poses a clear and present threat for the future. Now, let, so the argument isn't, let's punish him for what happened a few weeks ago. But instead, the argument is he poses a clear and present threat for the future because if he's not banned from seeking federal office again, and the only way that could happen would be if he was convicted in an impeachment trial, then you'd have a separate vote. But the argument is unless he's banned from running for office again, we believe there's a realistic chance that he is going to incite another attempt at a takeover. So it's not just let's punish him for what he did and his remarks, but the second argument is we need to stop him from running for office in the future because we believe he's going to incite another attempt at a takeover. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, look, I, I think reasonable people can look at the arguments about that first argument do we punish him for his remarks did he cross the line reasonable people can look at that and and can draw their own conclusions this argument though that in the future unless trump is convicted he poses a clear and present threat for the future i'm sorry i just flat out don't buy that i think the reality is while president trump may in fact be a I, I don't know. He, he, he may be a, a problem for some Republicans, and he might be on the fringe of politics again to suggest that, well, you know, unless he's ba- banned, he's going to run for elected office in 2004. And if he doesn't get his in 2024 and if he doesn't get his way, he's going to incite another attempt at a takeover and people will follow him and we will have a repeat of what's going on at the Capitol. I'm sorry, I just don't think there's any reasonable sense that that is likely. 855-616-1620, does he need to be impeached to stop him from being a clear and present threat for the future? 855-616-1620, we discuss in just a moment. Back to Take Your Calls, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, look, I, I understand that the first argument that's being made at the impeachment trial is that you need to punish the, the president, any president, for his remarks that that incited the, the riot. If if you believe those remarks did it, I, I understand that argument. The second argument that's being made, though, is that Trump remains a potent political force, and unless he is impeached and barred from running for federal office again, the same thing will will happen. Because because he will run for office and he will inspire people to go out and try to overthrow the government. That's the one that I think is really a bridge too far. Vincent on the northwest side. Vincent, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, I agree Hi, with you. Uh, you, you. You don't use impeachment for a preemptive strike. The fact is is that you use it for what, what this president has done. Uh, 
The fact is, I think uh, uh, history needs to hold him accountable. I think that's why the impeachment hearings are important. And I think the fact is, is that uh, if uh, if he does be impeached, if he if he does get impeached, he should be impeached for what he's done, not for what he probably will do. Do you think, Vincent? You're a smart man. You understand politics. Do you think Trump would remain? Do you, do you think he would have any realistic chance of of being elected if he were to run in 2024? No, I, I, I think people probably had uh, enough of Trump's, of Trump's uh, uh, act, his clown act. So I, I don't think he'll be reelected. But I think the problem is, is what can do to the electric, uh, the, the, the electric when the, if he decides to to create another party. I think uh, I think that that'll be a problem. But I don't think the impeachment should, should should deal with that at this particular point in time either. But the fact yeah. is, no, I don't think he can be reelected. I think I think he's he's. he's done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I well, th- I, no, I agree. Thanks for calling. I, I no, I no, I, I mean, I agree with you as a political as a as a major political force. Um, and, and matter of fact, and I've, I've said this before. I know some people don't like to hear it. That the best gift that whether it's Joe Biden running for reelection or Kamala Harris, who whoever decides to to run. You know, when when Biden decides that he's going to he's done being president, uh, the best gift that could be given would be if the if Donald Trump were to run and split the Republican Party. That that's that would be the case, because, yes, I know he got 70 some million votes. But my guess is after all this stuff that's happened, a lot of those people that voted for him would probably rethink this. And and regardless of whether or not he's impeached, he's you you, you can impeach him and you can convict him. But that's not going to stop him. To the extent he wants to be a political player and to the extent that he wants to try to continue to keep his base and motivate his base and do rallies and stuff, that happens, at least to me, regardless of whether or not he's, he's a candidate or not. I mean, I, I guess I, I just think, matter of fact, that's one of the things I've been thinking about. I've been trying to argue this, and I know you, you might not agree with me, but in many respects, this impeachment situation just emboldens him because he's going to be acquitted, and, and that, that's and he's going to be going around to the, the people that continue to you know just really have completely have, have, have had the Kool-Aid, and, and he's going to be viewing himself as a martyr. Look, they tried to get me, and, and they couldn't, and they're still going after me. In much the same way that the Republican congresswoman from Georgia uh, Congresswoman Green, you know, she's been stripped of the committees. Well, she she's not apologizing. She's not, you know, hiding. She's like, hey, she's emboldened by this. Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to censor me. They're trying to cancel me. Dell in West Dallas. Dell, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, where I sit on this is just, I guess, hear me out. First of all, I, I do not agree with, I, not a Donald Trump fan at all. And I have to live in a family where I have a uh, relative and an in-law that believe that the the Capitol riots didn't go far enough. The insurrection should have happened. They should have, wow. you know, that Trump should have taken <laughs> wow. back control and that it's the, the, you know, that the election was all a sham. And I have to deal with that. And they make it seem like they're never going to stop believing it. So is that a good reason to keep this guy around and eligible for office? I mean, well, but other it, Republicans. I but, would again, but, my, vote but my question, but my but my question to you would be: is is any is anything that happens 
in the impeachment thing, is that going to change whoever you're talking about? Is that going to change their mind? Or is it going to just make it even more hardened in, hey, they're, they're trying to deprive they're trying to deprive Donald Trump of his chance to come back and be elected. I mean, will that change the dynamic in your friend's mind at all? It won't. But you know what it's going to do? It's going to make it so it's that it it's just Donald Trump running for president. He's not going to be able to be a Republican anymore running for president. He can't run for president. He can't hold the office. That's all I want. The guy can go have as many rallies as he wants to. I just it, I, we would all be much better if he was the one person that couldn't run for president again. I'll take anybody else. Got it. Well, no, th- thanks for. Th- I mean, do you do, okay? Do you really think let let us let us assume that this plays out like it's it's going to play out, which is you know he, he's acquitted, so he theoretically could run for president. Do you think he's going to? If you look into your crystal ball, do you think he's he's really likely to run for president again four years from now when he'd be seventy eight years old? Okay, don't know. I'm sorry, we lost the caller there. I, he, 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 we didn't hang up on him. He just kind of lost that. I guess I, I look at that, and that's the that that's sort of the question I have. And I I understand some people might disagree, but but here's here is the reality of this. He is in fact going to be acquitted. There will be, in my opinion, no no long term consequences. And I've said this before from either voting to impeach or, or convict or, or not convict. You know, a, a Republican senator that votes not guilty is not going to not get reelected two years from now because they voted not guilty. They might not get reelected because of other things. Um, a Democrat senator who voted to impeach or to convict is not going to get voted out because they voted to uh, convict. They might get voted out because the economy has gone into the tank or different things. But as far as a voting issue, this is a, a very narrow stretch in time. And I guess time will tell. My belief continues to be, regardless of what happens in the U.S. Senate today or tomorrow, the bottom line is Donald Trump as a candidate is just is just not going to happen. And Donald Trump as a political mover, well, whether he's convicted or not, that's not going to change that dynamic. Will he use the money that he's amassed to, you know, endorse candidates and things like that, or to, you know, enact revenge on people he thought betrayed him? That's all entirely possible, no question about it. But I don't think that's going to change whether, regardless of what the impeachment vote is. Time will tell. When we come back, we'll find out what John McCure and Melissa Barkley have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.